everyone. This is Dr. Cheryl Selman, and welcome to The Love Code. This is about love. It's about transformation. It's about healing. It's about allowing you to tap into the unlimited power that exists within you to transform your life and to live your dreams. And as always, it's just such a pleasure to have you with me, and I'd like to welcome you to another fantastic conversation on The Love Code. And if you are listening for the first time, welcome. If any of you listening would like to get the archives of this podcast and also the other podcasts that I do every week on Progressive Radio Network, which is What Women Must Know, it's all about everything women must know, which is everything, our health, our well-being, um, our um, emotional well-being. We talk about all sorts of great topics and subjects. So what you need to do is either go over to my Facebook page and like me at What Women Must Know. Everything gets posted there. Or you can go to my website, which is Dr. Cheryl Selman, and there you can opt in and those archive shows will go right to your inbox. So whichever way you would prefer, stay connected to this community, keep growing, keep learning, keep healing. What else is there, really? And speaking of growing and healing, we're going to do a deep dive today into body astrology with my guest, Claire Gallagher, and just a little bit about Claire. She is a post-wellness ally, anti-diet nutritionist, intuitive movement counselor, and medical astrologer. She holds master's degrees in acupuncture and nutrition and is a certified strength and conditioning specialist. Claire uses astrology as a tool for deepening personal authority, self-compassion, and body trust. She is the author of Body Astrology, Cosmic Guide to, to Health, Healing, and Harnessing the Power of the Planets. And it's my pleasure to welcome Claire to the show today. So Claire, hello, and welcome to the Love Code. Hello. Hello, Love Code. Hello, Dr. Stallman. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's a pleasure, and we have such a great and fun topic to talk about. Uh, you know, before we get into the astrology, let's just start with sharing a little bit about you and how you found this very interesting and unique path that you have been taking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I like to say that astrology found me. Um, I grew up in um, a very religious household, and It just was something that was sort of off limits to me growing up. So I definitely didn't grow up around it. I actually was kind of afraid of it. But when I was in my um, late teens and early 20s, I became very ill. And it was a very mysterious condition, and it was very debilitating. And that led me down a long road of going to school for Chinese medicine and then eventually for nutrition, just trying to figure, figure out how I could support myself. Um, And one day during clinic, I think, I went to the bathroom and there in in the bathroom was a poster for a medical astrology conference. And it was just one of those moments where I was like, I'm supposed to go to this. I have no idea why. I've never been interested in this, but I need to go. And I showed up to that conference and the rest really was history. It was as if I was sitting there and, you know, all all of it was over my head at the moment, but it was almost as though 
it was a language that I had known all along, and it was like an awakening. And I've never looked back. I just dove in headfirst and combined all of my skill sets um, underneath the umbrella of astrology. And here we are. Well, you know, I always find it so interesting how our soul calls to us so we Mm -hmm. can find the the true calling and passion and guidance and purpose in our life. You know, it's like that intuitive pull that you needed to Mm -hmm. attend, right? (laughs) It's like it wasn't a logical thing. It was something else. So what what was it that you discovered? What was your health challenge that moved you? Yeah, you know, I'm still trying, I'm still looking back like 15 years later, figuring out was it Lyme disease? Was it a, a psychiatric um, episode? It was a very long, like there was abuse involved. It was very deep and intricate and detailed. Um, but I think now I'm at peace um, saying that it was sustained trauma and the fallout of, of sustaining trauma for many years and how that affects the nervous system and eventually the physical body. Um, so it's pretty complex, and, and I'll dive right in. I'm an open book, but um, that that's what I've made peace with at this point. And it's so interesting that you, you know, say that and have arrived at that place. And, and, and you know, in all my years of working with health and as a psychologist and delving into spiritual things, uh, I really have arrived at the place that uh, that behind all of our health challenges, there's always an emotional piece, a tra- some level of trauma, be it mm-hmm. uh, birth, you know, or, mm-hmm. or before birth in the womb or before then or what happened in early childhood. But, it, you know, we we have these intense experiences that never really get processed and metabolized into our being and you know and and I guess in in one way they become a grist for your mill right Claire Mm -hmm. because if you didn't have your trauma if you didn't have your illness you wouldn't have been on this path of searching which has led you to your purpose Mm -hmm. yeah and and it's kind of strange to say but I'm I'm really grateful for the path that I was on I wouldn't want to do it again (laughs) I'm I'm, uh, it definitely made me who I am now, and it, it uh, put me on this path and put me in line with this work, and I love what I do. And so I am so grateful for my story, um, even though, um, you know, it's full of suffering, but super grateful. Yeah. And that's what we call the wounded healer, right? The wounded healer's <laughs> journey. And, and I have found, in talking to so many people, I always like to find out, people's stories, you know, what, how, how they got to where they are in their life. And everyone um, that I've talked to has a story of some wound that occurred mm-hmm. for them at some point mm-hmm. in their life. And, you know, the, the emotional wound or the trauma, and out of that began the searching and the uh, need to find some level of healing. And it led them on their journey in this lifetime to their calling, mm-hmm. to their mission. It's so interesting, right? It's a, it's a fascinating process. And, it, yes, we don't want to have to relive whatever that emotional trauma was that we experienced, but we have to be grateful for it because it took us to the place we are in our lives and our learning and our healing journey. So, it's um, you know, it's an amazing process that the soul creates. Yes. Wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. 
So, um, so you've, um, by the way, congratulations on this book of yours, this new book, Body oh, thank Ecology, you. a Cosmic Guide to Health, Healing, and Harnessing the Power of the Planet. So, so let's talk about the role of astrology. You know, when we talked a little bit before the program, I was sharing with you that I actually have been using astrology for a really, really long time in my life because I find that um, astrology, when we understand its true purpose, is like a uh, a visual map of our psyche <laughs> in this dimension. And if we know how to look at the different energies represented by the planets and as they move um, through our lives and around their orbits, with, with the right guidance, we can get a more profound insight into the journey we're on and what you know, what what phase of that journey we're on, how best to how best to um dance with whatever energy is going on in our lives. And sometimes it's expansive and it's wonderful. And sometimes it's um it's contracting and it's challenging and we're up against obstacles and be it financial or health. But if we have a model, if we have a roadmap, we can move through all of those times with the least amount of drama. (laughs) So so that's my take on it, but what's yours? (laughs) You're the astrologer. Yeah, I I have a very similar take. You know, um, there's a lot of uh, preconceived notions or maybe stereotypes even of what astrologers do and what astrology is. But the way I use it is really as an empowerment tool and a tool for repairing uh, trust in the body. So the way I look at the map of um, astrology is really a a physical map. And, yes, I look at the psyche as well. But um, to me, it really represents our nourishment needs, what we need um, to feel settled and sustained, to feel supported, both physically but also emotionally and financially, all of the ways. And like you just said, um, what I love about astrology is that it's not only a map of, you know, our innate needs, but the sky is constantly moving. And so as that sky moves, it interacts with our birth chart in different ways and it brings about seasons of life, you know, the ebb and flow that you, that you spoke of. Um, but if we are aware of what planetary energies are really impacting us, um, we can befriend them is kind of how I like to think of it, you know, and get on their side and, and get them to be advocates for us. Learn what those planets like, learn what those planets need to feel supported. And in that way, we're kind of steering uh, that planetary power in our life, if that makes sense. I think of it as a very collaborative uh, thing. <laughs> and and I think, you know, it, it needs to be mentioned that some people have uh, concepts about astrology as kind of, you know, weird, weird things, um, <laughs> things. But, but in actual fact, astrology has been a science along yeah. with astronomy, for for mm-hmm. hundreds and maybe thousands of years. This is an ancient, ancient wisdom that um, has been passed down. And I know mm-hmm. certainly in India, it's you know thousands of years old, Vedic astrology. So this is a wisdom. This is a wisdom mm-hmm. tool that has been given to us to help humanity uh, understand themselves, 
and to move in more harmony with the um, the cosmos, really. Um, yeah. It's not something that is just a fad. And if it's done in the right way with, uh, you know, a qualified and um, educated astrologer, it's a very profound tool for healing, mm-hmm. self-awareness, for so many things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Um yeah, and so a lot of my work is honestly educating people on, on what astrology is actually useful for, and it's useful for so many things. It's actually so very practical, <laughs> this tool that I use every day. Um, you know, some people like to compare it to the weather report. You know, you're going to take a raincoat with you if it's going to rain outside and that sort of thing. Um, so it's very useful. And, and I'm a Virgo, so one of my, my passions is just making things very nuts and bolts and, and very daily use. Otherwise, I'm like, what's the point? <laughs> so I, I really <laughs> like it to support, support real life and real bodies. Yeah. And I just want to add one other thing, because we're going to dive into some of um, Claire's astrology here, but um, the other thing that came to mind as far as some of the uh, benefits of astrology would be for relationships. And I mm-hmm. recommend that anyone is in is who is in a relationship or is in a new relationship, especially, to get their charts done, their comparison, their relationship charts done, because it will save you years of frustration <laughs> or, or, you know, even if you want to go further in that relationship, you'll get an idea of what you're in for, right? It just gives you the insight into the energies that each person is bringing and what would be the stress points and what would be the harmony mm-hmm. and if it would work at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's just more information that you can take or leave, but I encourage you to take it. <laughs> right. So so we did something really interesting for the show today. I asked Claire if she to, to, could do an astrology reading based on her body astrology model on me. And then me, mm-hmm. and being a brave soul that I am, <laughs> would be willing to share with everyone. <laughs> you know, on air, I haven't even talked to Claire before she did that, so I don't know what we're going to talk about, but what the heck, you know. <laughs> um, don't worry, I'm really uh, sweet and gentle. We're going to be just fine. <laughs> and I, because I thought that if we could use me as an example, and then it just gives more uh Solidity to to what we're doing. You know, it's not just airy fairy. We're we're sharing with people what's the value that is in this work. So anyway, I, I've sacrificed my body to science <laughs> <laughs> to the benefit of my audience. We thank you. We thank you. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, I guess we can just dive right in then. Um, so what I prepared for you today is really just an overview of your natal chart from a physical perspective because that's my expertise is in medical astrology and like you said earlier this actually was something that physicians had to be trained in in order to be certified hundreds and hundreds of years ago it's a tool that they use to diagnose um it's you know the origins of it are very very fascinating and clearly I am not doing that today because there's laws and and stuff like that. However, um, the natal chart does point to um, 
areas of strength in our health and also areas where we may need a little bit more TLC or where we may need to bring attention because so many of us also um, can turn a blind eye to certain things that are happening in our body. And so the chart's just a really compassionate map for looking at all of those parts of us and welcoming all of them home. So uh, I'm just going to do a brief overview, I think, uh, Dr. Salman, of your sun and your moon and your rising sign. And then if we have time, we can take it a little bit deeper. Does that sound good to you? Oh, sure. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in your <laughs> You ready? Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay cool. So in medical astrology, um, or in all astrology, for, for that matter, in pop culture, we tend to think that the sun is the most important, that our sun sign is the most important. And I am going to talk about your sun today, your Taurus, one of my favorite signs. Um, but it's actually very secondary in medical and physical astrology. So I'm going to start there, but I just wanted a little you know, preamble there that this is actually not the most important planet when we're looking at the body. It's actually the moon, so we'll get to that second. Um, but the, the sun, you know, this tracks great with naturopathy. It's, it's the vital force. And so each planet represents function in the body, and all the zodiac signs represent body parts. So the planets move through the body parts, a.k.a. the zodiac signs, and they exert forces upon the body. And so um, being a Taurus sun, you know, your battery is earthen, and it's a fixed earth type of battery. So we could say theoretically, and you'll have to tell us in a second, that the vital force is maybe a little slower or a little more methodical or a little cooler. Um, And just to get you to start thinking, the Taurus body parts might be a primary theme in your medical history or life. And so I'll just list a few of them for you. But Taurus rules um, basically anything around the neck. So the neck itself, uh, the occiput, the cerebellum, um, and all the structures deep to the muscles of the neck, so including the thyroid, uh, the cervical spine, the throat, and also the five senses. So from a very basic medical astrology perspective, we would say that the vital force um, really runs through these parts of the body, and keeping these parts of the body open and healthy and happy is how the vital force will thrive. So I'm going to pause and see how you're tracking so far, Dr. Selman. Okay, so that's so that was interesting because um, I, I surmised that I actually had a thyroid issue for many years before it was ever diagnosed. Mm-hmm. And um, so it, it wasn't until later in my life that I was diagnosed with, uh, I think in my 40s actually, with Hashimoto's mm-hmm. thyroiditis, so, which is an autoimmune condition affecting the thyroid. But I right. really um, look back and see periods of time that um, – you know, I would have depression, or I mm-hmm. would have weight gain, or um, mm-hmm. I think I think those are two classic signs of um, mm-hmm. a thyroid issue. Um, certainly, certainly, depression was uh, something that tracked you know me through early in my life, and I think very early in my life, um, I was I was more of a sickly kid 
I had I had major brain um, birth trauma, and I think that affected mm-hmm. me. And um, and I think I had rounds of antibiotics when I was young because I was vulnerable to getting things, and that's what they did. They did antibiotics. So it set me up, I'm sure, with um, issues that le- later related to gut issues, but um, it affected thyroid it was as an autoimmune condition. But it was undiagnosed for first 40 years of my life. Mm-hmm. So I just had a lot of... Um, uh, I would say suffering as a result of not mm. knowing what was going on. And I didn't have the knowledge mm. that obviously I've gained over the years to address it and heal it. But, yeah, so that makes sense to me that the thyroid was, mm. you know, the neck area is a, is, it was a vulnerable place for me. Yeah, and I don't want to take it too deep too fast, but I know that you're pretty well-versed in astrology. But, you know, there's a, a trine between your son and Taurus and Jupiter and Sagittarius, and we typically think of Jupiter and Sagittarius as being very strong, but this particular Jupiter is interesting because it's retrograde, and actually, let me see, was it uh, just six days before you were born, it stationed retrograde, so we call this a stationary Jupiter, so it makes it exceptionally potent in the life, and where I'm getting at with this, Dr. Selman, is it's in the 12th house, and when we divide the houses up into um, areas of health. The 12th house often correlates with misdiagnosed conditions or conditions that are hard to pinpoint, and they may take a really long time to understand. So when I see this trine, um, you know, with Jupiter retrograde, it's, it's still in the sky. It's not moving at all. What it says is any condition that involves the sun or Taurus would take a, either a long time to develop or a long time to see, but because there's a trine, which is typically harmonious, that the, quote, prognosis would be good and that eventually you would find it. So just want a little, a little nugget there for you that I definitely yeah. see yeah. that journey in the chart. Yeah. Yeah. How, how interesting, right? You know, how interesting mm-hmm. that, you know, has been revealed through the chart because, mm-hmm. uh like you, with your mysterious conditions, uh, mm-hmm. I think the, the the depression and just the unhappiness and the yearning for something better was the grist for my mill to get me moving on a path for you know searching for solutions and then led to discovering many things <laughs> and ultimately yeah. you know direction in life. Mm-hmm. And it, it's. We can see depression in so many places in the chart, but just to speak to that since we're talking about it right now, um, again, I'm, I'm going to Jupiter because the sun, your sun is connected. So anytime um, a vital placement like the sun is connected to a planet, it's really important in the health story. And um, Jupiter is that force that keeps us buoyant, keeps us levitating, it keeps us hoping And so sometimes when we're born with a Jupiter that's very slow or it's in a hidden place in the chart, like the 12th, um, those feelings may be harder for us to find or to come in contact with. It may take us a a longer period of time to uh, relate to buoyancy and to joy and all of those things. It doesn't mean it's impossible at all. It just means it's just a um, a longer journey and it also connects directly by this aspect, your um, Hashimoto's thyroiditis to your mental health. 
So that's another wonderful thing about um, medical astrology is that it can connect symptoms, um, symptom patterns together that may be hard to identify even in a lab test, et cetera. Wow. Yeah, that's so fascinating. Yes, you're very good. Yeah, I think that um, whenever we can have insight into you know, what's happening in our bodies, it's, it's a gift because when we have an illness, there are many factors that brought this into being, right? Many factors mm-hmm. that have contributed to get us to this place or our, our bodies' energies are so out of balance. And to begin to unravel that process is the process of healing. But we often need some guidance and help because it's, you know, we have blind spots, so much we can't see that are critical components of what's happening and manifesting in the physical. Yeah, and that's why I love this tool so much because you, all your blind spots are just on a piece of paper right in front of your face. And if, if, as long as we can keep in contact yeah. with self-compassion, um, it's just really helpful to be able to see this. And, you know, from one 12th house person to another, I've got quite a bit in the 12th house. I I definitely understand having um, these types of long-term meandering conditions. So if if anyone listening has a lot of planets in the 12th house, um, maybe validate your experience if it's the same. Um, But there's hope. You can definitely... um, look at and befriend the planets in your 12th house and ask them what they need and start giving them what they need. So um, let's yeah. see. Yeah, I think that's really all I wanted to bring in, honestly, about the sun because it's it, it's important for sure to make sure that the, the vital force is, is thriving and humming along. But when it comes to how we feel day to day, I think the moon tends to be most important. So um, did you know you're a Libra moon? I'm guessing you did. Right. I did know that. (laughs) Yeah, awesome. Um, I'm married to a Libra moon. I know this moon very well, and it's a wonderful (laughs) moon. So, (laughs) um, thank you. Just for for everyone listening, um, the moon in medical astrology, it governs our rhythms. So, you know, the sun may hold our vital force, but the moon reflects that vital force and moves it through the body. Um, just like how the, sun, or the moon reflects the sun's light, it receives the sun's light and it reflects it down to us. So the moon's job in medical astrology is to get energy um, throughout the body, everywhere it needs to go. <clears throat> it's also very well known as an emotional ruler, and that's very true as well. But in my work, I really think of it as like the natal flow of energy Um, and also our emotional relationship to the body and our emotional relationship to our own physical needs. It can also point to um, digestive health. If we think of the moon symbolically as mother or as nourishment, we get very clearly um, medical symbolism for food and digestion. So the moon is always going to be a primary player. When someone comes to me with GI issues, I'm going to look at the moon first and foremost before I start anything else. Um, So it's a very animal planet, um, whereas the sun is more about you know, our spiritual health, our sense of self, a little bit more mental health, 
whereas the moon is very, very physical, what you can touch and taste and all of that stuff. Is that making sense? Are you tracking with me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, especially because, you know, as I was saying earlier, um, it took me a long time to realize that I was dealing with um, a damaged gut, you know, maybe from Mm -hmm. early rounds of antibiotics. And, of course, we never really... Um, knew about healing the gut after a round of antibiotics. So it, you know, creates this dysbiosis, this overgrowth. And uh, obviously I had um, really severe allergies at one point in my life and severe Mm -hmm. hay fever. And then I discovered that I, well, then I discovered that I had um, this Hashimoto's condition, which really, as we know, an autoimmune condition starts with a leaky gut and the Mm -hmm. body overreacting from the you know the immune system point of view, yeah immune mm-hmm. system point of view so um, yeah I think that I've had gut issues I had gut issues and probably am still healing from um, seriously mm-hmm. compromised gut from initiated early in life I haven't really had antibiotics since I was a child but oh boy it takes its toll right yeah <laughs> for a lifetime absolutely mm-hmm. what's really fascinating about your story is that, and we're not even getting to the Libra part yet, if we just look at who your moon is talking to in your natal chart, your moon makes a conjunction with the planet Neptune, and if the moon and another planet are stuck together in the sky, they mesh together. And so the moon's function and Neptune's vibes kind of become one entity. And Neptune plays a really primary part in your moon's function, a.k.a digestion. And this signature in your chart probably makes you really, really awesome and wonderful in a lot of other ways, like artistic and like I can just see all sorts of wonderful things. However, from a purely physical perspective, what Neptune does is it erodes boundaries. And what we need for the moon to function, a.k.a. the GI to function, is for there to be good tone in the GI organs, for there to be clear boundary, for there not to be a leak, right? But Neptune erodes mm-hmm. structure, and it allows things to leak and seep. And so this conjunction, this moon-Neptune conjunction in your chart, actually is kind of a textbook signature for what we would call leaky gut syndrome today. And if we want to take that symbolism even deeper, Neptune rules drugs of all kinds. Um, and I mean, you know, pharmaceuticals. So the fact that your very early life, you were given a large amount of antibiotics, and that eventually led to GI conditions is right here in the chart as well. So I appreciate you sharing that because I can see it very clearly. So if someone were to come to you feeling unwell and they look at the charts yes. and see something like that Neptune-Libra conjunction, that would give you insight as a naturopath, acupuncturist. That would give you insight to say, the gut is a big player here in in um, in your health challenges. Yeah, it would tell me, and this is when I'd have to, you know, use my uh, interviewing skills because Neptune and the Moon are so such big symbols that you do have to like whittle it down. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but if I saw this right away, I would. I would ask them how their bowel movements were, what their, you know, GI history was, because if the, the moon is weakened when Neptune is next to it like this. And so to me, that is saying very clearly that 
either um, the gut itself needs um, tonification or, or and or the emotional body is so porous and this person is so sensitive to outside stimuli that it's affecting their GI or both could be true. Um, because remember, the moon also governs the emotional body. And so a, a conjunction like this also makes one very sensitive and open. It can be very hard for this moon to tell what is mine and what is theirs. And so I would imagine, and you can let us know if this is true or not, that throughout life that may have been a narrative, you know, especially as a child, figuring out are these my feelings or are these someone else's feelings. And the beauty of astrology, uh, astrological symbolism is that we see very clearly that um, even if I weren't to work with someone on their gut health directly, working with them around boundaries and taking care of their emotions with kindness would also reflex positively to their gut health because they're connected astrologically. Hmm. Wow. You know, very profound. Very profound. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, any any lingering questions about that that topic? Does that all make sense? Um, uh, you know, n- n- nothing to add other than what you know I was sharing. Where I I feel that um, uh, I mean those gut issues. Well, and I was, you know, going back to birth, first of all, the traumatic birth, and then being bottle-fed with milk. So there you go. I think it set things right up at the very beginning when um, you aren't given the right nourishment, and then you have those vulnerabilities (laughs) that you were describing to affect the gut and to be able – I think I was a really skinny kid, too, I remember, and I, I think um, what I remember, I mean, you know, what I was told, I was really skinny, so they were really worried about me because I was so skinny. So obviously, you know, wasn't digesting, wasn't absorbing very well. And as a, as a baby, I remember my mother was saying that um, I, I really didn't want to go to other people. You know, I just didn't like mm. being held by other people, <laughs> and that upset mm-hmm. me. You know, so. Whether, mm-hmm. um, you know, that the birth trauma and then not, and then being given a bottle. So, first of all, you're not even breastfed, right? You know, you don't make that connection with mother. Right. And then you're not given the nourishing breast milk, which is part of what helps build a strong, healthy gut. Um, certainly put things in motion early in life. Yeah, absolutely. And And to ping back to something you said, maybe 10 minutes ago now, you mentioned hay fever um, and very severe allergies. You know, I'm I'm kind of skipping ahead, but there is a signature in your chart that's very strong. I was going to ask you if you had asthma, actually, and so um, you don't. You have hay fever and allergies. However, the chart tells me that the and we know this, you know, from a biomedical perspective, but the chart, there's an aspect between these two signatures indicating that the allergies and the hay fever are directly connected to your gut journey. Um, and so addressing one um, will help the other and vice versa. And I do want to say, 
in my 40s when all the, something must have happened in my 40s because all of this <laughs> started to come together. And uh, one of the things that um, happened was I realized that I had leaky gut and I had gluten intolerance and I, I made lots of changes to my diet mm-hmm. and got involved with more nutrition and hormones. And it was a major turning point, to be honest, in my early 40s. And that was, um, at that point, before all these changes came in, I was debilitated with hay fever. I was absolutely mm-hmm. debilitated. It was just so overwhelming. And then then this stage happened where I started to learn more about my body and digestion. And, you know, a few years later, um, I was able to heal it. And at this point in my life, I don't get allergies at all, and I don't get hay fever at all. So That's Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So so this long time process <laughs> you know, astrologically like you were saying, has you know you know, I I've arrived, thank God. <laughs> so many of these issues that were so debilitating and, and when you have really severe allergies, your immune system is in that hyperactive state and then you are wiped out. You you can hardly function. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. so miserable. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, the good news for everyone listening, if they have severe hay fever and allergies, that this isn't a curse, that we can actually heal it if we understand, and your work is designed to do, is to give people insight into what really mm-hmm. is underlying it and, and resolve it. You know, it's not just taking an antihistamine. That's right. not the solution. Right, and mm-hmm. we can heal it, and um, and you know I'm so grateful for that path that unfolded for me because to be free of not just the symptom of an allergy, but the chronically impaired underlying condition um, yeah. is really such a blessing to be able to heal it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I, I think you know I really want you to remember that your moon-Neptune conjunction is very paramount to understand um, in your entire life's journey. And um, if anyone else listening has a conjunction to their moon, get to know what that other planet symbolizes because it really affects your physical body. So in this case, we're seeing a moon that – Need, that is just really vulnerable to outside stimuli, whether that's stress or a person or an allergen or a food, and that sensitivity, um, you know, developed into a debilitating condition over time. So it's really important to know who your moon is talking to because that other planet kind of works in tandem um, with your body and it can give you clues as to maybe what some underlying causes are. And in this case, it was, you know, really, really um, a very sensitive, very sensitive child that uh, wasn't given what they needed right away for sure. Mm. Um. Just some fun food for thought. I, you know, Libra governs a lot of other body areas, and I just want you to know what they are because they're important for you. Um, what I find really interesting about this, Dr. Salman, is that you seem to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, that your expertise is really women's health and hormones. Is that correct if I, if I say yeah. it that way? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So Libra um, 
is the homeostatic ruler of the body. So it governs all hormonal ebbs and flows. It also governs the ovaries and the fallopian tubes. It's a very, very primary sign in women's health. And this this part of your chart's actually in the house of career. So when I saw this, it made me smile because it just it's kind of a nod to um, not just maybe your healing journey, but also how you turned your healing journey into um, how you serve others. So I just wanted you to know that, and I think that's really awesome. Oh. Oh. <laughs> that's really interesting. That's you know, yeah, quite fascinating, right? H- having no yeah. knowledge over my what was going on for Libra, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, the path that 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 unfolded for me, and, and, and all of that happened in those years, in my 40s, mm-hmm. where I did this healing and then, um, you know, really found myself um, exploring in my own, he- for my own healing as a woman, understanding myself, which I had no understanding of at all. I didn't know anything about my own physiology, did my own menstrual cycle, stages of life. I knew nothing about myself as a woman, which was a big shock to realize that I knew nothing about who I was as a woman. <laughs> big mm-hmm. topic these days. And uh, yeah. Right. And it, and then it became a journey because as I realized how I how little I knew about my own body and how my own physiology was affecting me, my emotions, you know, this journey in life, my health, um, I, I just became um, passionate to learn more and obsessed almost. I started reading and learning about women's wisdom and the history of women and um, mm-hmm. the um, the role of our body and our cycles, I mean, <laughs> which culminated in writing Hormone Heresy and working with many facets of women's health. But it certainly was a, a major, uh, a, I think, awakening, I was going to say. You know, when I reached that moment in that journey in this lifetime, it just opened up an incredible window. Yeah. Um, I, I love it because, like, all of your career placements point back to uh, women's bodies. So I just, um, I, I just think it's it's wonderful, and um, it may have taken a little longer to get there because a lot of these planets in your chart are, you know, I've actually never seen. Um, I think there's three planets that all change direction within the same week you were born, and so they're all moving really slow. And so with that tells me is that it might have taken a little longer to, like, really befriend your body. Um, but it happened, and when it did, it happened fast, and uh, it really yeah. benefits so many other people. Um, and that's very clear in the chart. So I'm glad that you had that experience. Well, yeah, that's that's so profound. And, you know, I just want to say, so as I moved through different stages of my own life in my 40s, particularly onwards, you know, each stage, perimenopause and menopause and postmenopause have been learning opportunities for me so I can move in more harmony and balance and understand what's going on. And then, of course, there's always a desire to share. So the older I get, you know, the stage that I'm in right now, you know, my focus is what are the keys to rejuvenating and regenerating and optimizing the body as we age? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
and that's a that's a moon Neptune thing too. Neptune is really interested in in um, transcending, regenerating is definitely a, a, like a, a Neptune uh, buzzword. And so the fact that it's right there in your house of career next to the moon, it definitely speaks to how can we um, be more than a body, and how you know how can we. Um, grow with grace and uh, age with grace and it's all right here you're definitely on the right track not that you didn't not that you needed me to tell you that (laughs) oh it's always nice to get confirmation (laughs) for sure um i'm just curious just my medical astrology brain you know uh, from a structural perspective, libra rules the lower back and so sometimes when we have like a, a configuration like this um there can be history of low back injury or or weakness or um something along those lines has that happened in your life no i I can't say it has but i can say that i have been um using chiropractic for you know 40 or more years so uh, maybe because I've I've, I've been <laughs> devoted so. to chiropractic treatment, it's avoided any potential problems. Yeah, perfect. Um, yeah, and, and the, before we move on, I think just the last thing I want to say about having a Libra moon, you know, this is a equinox sign. And so no matter what hemisphere you live in, you know, when you have a Libra moon, um, you're at the change of light to dark or dark to light. And so if we think about what this vital force needs, it needs help transitioning um, and accepting the ebbs and flows of energy. So sometimes Libra will come to me and say they have erratic ups and downs where they're exhausted or they're almost um, uh, working too hard and it's like up, down, up, down, up, down. But what Libra really needs us to uh, support them with is kind of like a beautiful sine wave, like a gradual up and down of, of energy. And um, so a lot of times with Libra moons, it's more about learning how to listen to really subtle body signals of when it's time to peel back and when it's time to move forward. And so personal energy management tends to be a really big theme with this sign. I'm not sure if that tracks with you at all throughout your life. But well, I was going to say I didn't really have that awareness until this thing happened in my 40s because up to that point, no, I think I pushed and I competed and I, uh, you know, was driven, didn't listen to my body, uh, didn't pay attention. Part of the transformation that happened in this, around the 40s, especially learning about women and, and cycles and menstrual cycles and, you know, energy flows, it brought to my awareness that to be in balance and to be in harmony, we really have to listen to our inner inner rhythms and to our particularly to menstrual cycles, which so profoundly reflect our emotional state and well-being. So at that point, I started to pay attention and started to give myself more rest. Yeah, you know, aware mm-hmm. of cycles, aware of what was happening in each stage of my menstrual cycle. And when I was, you know, externalized when the energy was there and then when before you're menstruating, when you're more inward and resting, and of course it made profound change in my menstrual well-being, which I used to have lots of cramps and all that stuff 
got resolved when mm-hmm. I was paying attention to rhythms. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly what, what this moon was craving um, your whole life. And, you know, when we have another a really strong planet like Neptune basically kissing our moon, <laughs> Neptune is very confusing. And so what I wrote down actually right before I called was the body signals, quote, evade. So, you know, a part of your journey may have been like, I don't hear anything or maybe I don't feel anything or if I do hear the body, I'm confused by it. And so when I see this configuration in other natal charts, a lot of our work together is just really tuning into what those very, very subtle signals are and being okay that they're there, (laughs) you know, allowing them to be there and then eventually listening to them and heeding them. So. Well, for most, you know, first part of my life, I totally <laughs> ignored them, <laughs> like tuned them out, right? You know, yeah. just don't listen. You, you, yeah. you know, and and I guess we can get so caught up in life and focusing our career and working. I mean, I, I, I guess I could really say I was a workaholic at one stage of my life, and that yeah. certainly yeah. tunes you out of your rhythms, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that's also, you know, you've got a lot of very ambitious, um, very powerful placements that we're not even talking about today in your chart as well. But it's interesting because I can see how they would have pushed you or that part of your psyche and body would have really carried you for a long time. They're, they're very um, animated and powerful, but that Libra moon's like lagging behind. Hey, I'm tired. I'm tired. And eventually um, um, you switched the narrative and, and gave yourself some rest. But also if we think about like what house is your moon in, you know, and your moon's in the 10th house, what that often tells us is, you know, this is an area of life. The 10th house area of life is a, an area that might stress our moon out or get it out of rhythm. And the 10th house is career. So it's really interesting to me that you mentioned being a workaholic. And what I wrote down in my questions was, um, is the work life disrupting the body rhythm? Because um, that can definitely happen when we have moon in the 10th house. Well, it certainly did, and I think that's so much a part of our culture. And, yeah. and I think for me, in, in the work that I have been doing with women, especially when I was really involved with it, you know, when discovering this early in my, in my 40s and then writing the book in the 50s, um, it was to really help um, inspire and educate women to return to natural mm-hmm. cycles and natural rhythms because our power is found there and my experience was when I was in that male workaholic mode I might have been you know aggressively achieving things out in the Mm -hmm. world but I was really maiming myself within and when I had that realization that I needed to uh, put my focus more on Staying in harmony with these rhythms and working with these rhythms rather than just pushing all the time, it also began a you know a, a, a huge awakening and a huge healing physically as well as emotionally. 
Mm-hmm. I think that's a big message for women in our culture. We really don't pay attention to our menstrual wisdom, to our cycles, to um, the needs of our bodies at various stages of the month, and therefore mm-hmm. we just get disconnected, and that's always going to create some level of strife. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you want one more little nugget? <laughs> yeah, one more little yeah. nugget, and then we'll talk about how people can actually work with you because I'm sure this has inspired lots of people. So, okay, oh, one little so. nugget, and then we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. Do you talk all about do you, you know much about your um Do you know much about your rising sign or your ascendant sign being in Capricorn? Do you Capricorn. resonate with that sign? Yeah. Or did you know that? Um, Yes, I did know. Uh, I don't know. Tell me. I probably don't resonate as much as I'm about to learn. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so just from for everyone listening, we've kind of done what I call your body astrology triad. So we've talked about Dr. Selman's moon. We've talked about uh, her sun. And and now we're going to just touch briefly on the rising sign, which is also called the ascendant. And so if you're looking at your own chart, these are the three major physical places to begin with if you want to go on a medical astrology exploration. And so the rising sign um, for everyone, it's the zodiac sign that was coming up over the horizon when you took your first breath. And so it really depicts how your body looks, how you walk, how you talk, how you interact with the world, and how the world interacts with you. So sometimes, because you've brought it up um, a few times, sometimes birth story can be seen here, um, but not always. Sometimes pre-birth story can be seen here, but most of the time it really speaks to our um, how our how our body um, looks physically or the physicality and structure of the body. It can also point to the immune system and if it's resilient or if it needs some assistance. It's kind of like. Uh, the body's bouncer or protector, this uh, rising sign. And so what what I find really interesting for you, Dr. Selman, is um, you mentioned that you were a sickly kid, if I remember correctly, and that happens to be um, a story for a lot of Capricorn rising people. And the reason that is is um, Capricorn is a cold and dry sign, and if we think about what it might look like in nature, it's like a – mountain trails um, that gradually climbs up, up, up. And so with Capricorn rising people, it's often the beginning of life is maybe um, a little sickly or a little slower, but they really know how to go the distance. And so they may be later bloomers, et cetera, um, but they end up being quite vital later on in life. So it's just interesting that you dropped that in for me. But just from a very basic standpoint, um, you know, all the zodiac signs rule different parts of the body. And so as a Capricorn rising person, um, taking care of Capricorn body areas is part of your, you know, astrological self-care. And so those body parts are the skin and the skeleton are the main ones. And so bone health um, is really important. There's also, and it's a little bit too detailed to get into now, but there's also a connection with um, gut health with Capricorn as well. But it also rules anything hard, so the joints, the teeth, the nails, um, and connective tissue, you know, things that give our body structure belong to Capricorn. So keeping that um, 
you know, loved and attended to is really important for Capricorn rising people. Do you have any stories with those parts of the body or any, like, thing that pops to mind? Well, Claire, we could probably go on forever talking about me, but um, I, I want to make sure we have some time to talk about oh, you. Oh, sorry. I love the show. So, <laughs> so I, want, I want you to share with people how they can take advantage of your services and um, where to find you and uh, to get your book, um, which yeah. uh, is Body Astrology. So uh, please share that with everyone because I, I hope people have been curious from our conversation and I want to delve more into a deeper and more profound understanding using your skills as a, an astrologer for health. Yeah, thank you. Um, well, everyone can find me online at clairegallagher.co and I'll spell that out for you. It's C-L-A-I-R-E. G-A-L-L-A-G-H-E-R dot C-O. Um, that's where you can find all of my services. I work solely online, so I see people from all over the world and do all sorts of different um, astrology readings as well as um, intuitive eating counseling, among other things. And I teach a lot of astrology classes as well. And my book, Body Astrology, is is basically found wherever books are sold right now. So it's on Amazon, it's at Books A Million, it's at most major retailers. But you can also find it at my publisher's website, which is ruthbooks.com. So thank you so much, Claire. And um, I'm sure you did your astrology on your book, <laughs> so you know when to launch it and the success it deserves. And you know, this has been a fascinating, fascinating for me. I, I hope everyone listening also received gifts for themselves out of this journey that we took today using astrology, medical astrology, because I think it is such a deep and profound tool that you have mastered so well. So thank you so much for taking your time to look into my reality here and to being on yeah. the show today and for the great work you're doing. And people should check Claire out at clairegallagher.co and learn more about her many gifts and talents and services. So, Claire, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Thanks for being vulnerable and sharing, and thanks for the opportunity. You're so welcome. And and all of you listening, thank you for being with me today on The Love Code, and I trust you'll be with me again next week. And until then, may your week be filled with love peace, and harmony. Bye for now.